Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep is money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Your Own Sports Podcast. It is October 16th, 2019, and uh, coming to you on our normal Wednesday schedule here. Uh, week 6 of NFL is in the books, and uh, we've got Week 7 coming on up here. So let's bring in the other member of the pod, go upstairs, both back in Minnesota here, and uh, let's bring in Crabber. How you doing up there, Crabber? Yeah, not doing too bad. Um, ready to talk some football here in this uh, little cold uh, Minnesota evening. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. Yeah, we uh, not nothing nearly as interesting as last week when we were coming back from the New York trip and everything. It was a pretty, pretty standard, uh, pretty standard week with not a whole lot just working. And yeah, like you said, getting this crazy Minnesota weather, getting warmer than getting cold and getting warm again. But uh, yeah, there's a little little rain out here today, so. Uh, anyway, let's uh, jump. Let's jump right into a little weekend recap. The weekend recap. All right. So, how did Week Six treat you there in the NFL, Robert? Yeah, uh, keep it short. It was pretty brutal. Not gonna lie, it was a pretty rough week for me personally. Had some opinions that I definitely liked. Uh, I know that Jacksonville is one that I hit home on the pod last week and uh, got it at a pretty good number. Got it at one myself, released it at one and a half. That game got up to three by close, and so you got to like any time you're going to have the number that much. Unfortunately, they uh, just didn't, didn't have really anything against that New Orleans team. Pretty tough. We'll probably get into that here in a little bit, uh, those those two teams. But it was an interesting game, but unfortunately, I uh, really never had any chance there. So got a good number, but uh, not, not not the best play. And then I think uh similar fashion there with the Rams. My pick of the week went down. Uh, first one in a few weeks I've lost, and then they have the Rams. It's a pretty, pretty strong play. Releases a play as well at three, and I thought it was a really good number, and thought it was a really good spot, and they just they just didn't have it there against San Francisco. Uh, the fluky things, uh, like I said, we'll, like with last game, we'll probably get into a little bit more, but uh, yeah, uh, not, not, definitely not a right side there, and pretty much got blown out at home against that uh, 49er team, and then uh, the only play I did get right that I ended up releasing was that Carolina game, and I just don't love, not a huge fan of those, that London game and the travel and just a lot of uncertainties, but it ended up coming to, to fruition by my, my handicap and Carolina won that pretty handedly, uh, pretty much a bet against, uh, Winston, your boy, uh, famous Jameis. And I don't know how many turnovers you have, but it was, uh, quite a few there in that game. So yeah, all in all, uh, me personally, pretty bad weekend, but, uh, my actual NFL, uh, how I did from personal with all the other plays that I put in and everything, I actually end up doing pretty well. But, uh, yeah, me personally in release plays, uh, not not a good week at all. So I definitely want to forget. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. Uh, I only ended up releasing Tennessee as a two-unit play and was my pick of the week, and that was they didn't score a point. So that was about as frustrating as it gets. Well, and, a little tough to, to win and cover when you uh, <laughs> you can't, uh, can't score any points on offense. Yeah, yeah, you have to be a huge dog in order to have any kind of chance there. But, 
<sighs> yeah, pretty brutal. Uh, Mariota was just unbelievably bad in the offense. It actually livened up a little bit when Tannehill got in there, but still didn't didn't uh, muster much there. And then I also was on the Rams, and that game was also fairly. I mean, they went down the field and scored immediately, and I was like, all right, here we go. Here's uh, here's the Rams get right, and San Francisco kind of comes back to earth a little bit. But then from then on, uh, couldn't have been further the opposite way. So that was pretty disappointing. So yeah. Went uh, 0 for 2 there with uh, the big unit play there in Tennessee. So that was too bad. And then just in general, I'm in this other contest where you pick seven games a week and I ended up going 3 for 7 and that too. And I haven't had a below 500 week yet. So overall, uh, I don't know, just not, not a good week. I know you mentioned it, and I don't know if there's any truth to it or not, but it's when you're not watching the games live like we always do and we basically catch them all. Then last week when or two weeks ago when we're in New York and you're watching the one game live and the rest of them you're kind of catching up and watching replays and whatnot. You just wonder if you don't if you get the same level of feel uh, going forward. So hopefully after watching them all last week we'll be back and uh, be ready and primed here for a uh, positive bounce back week seven. Um, all right, let's go. I think we do have one qualifier here, so let's jump in and do a little uh, best of the number. Getting the best of the number. All right. So what game last week did the number come to play there, Rob? Yeah, just one game. Unfortunately, I was on this game and uh, didn't get the best of it, but it was at Houston-Kansas City total. That one landed uh, right at 55. It, uh, unfortunately, that, yeah, uh, I don't know if you saw the end of that game. I know me and you were watching it, but pretty interesting way that game unfolded. But uh Houston ended up going for it on fourth down, so they kicking a field goal and ended up landing around the number 55. This game opened 55 and a half and closed, uh, I saw 54 and a half at most places, uh, but it kind of split 54 and a half and 55. But yeah, unfortunately, myself, I pushed on that game, had over the total 55 and, uh, yeah, just got a push when it seemed like a game that should have gotten pretty much over, but, uh, unfortunately it did not. It was, like I said, it wasn't my week, uh, last week. So that was the only one that came into play this week and, uh, we don't have, I don't have anything else. All right, there we go. All right, let's just uh, jump into it here and start it off and uh, go with the old Thursday night game to kick off Week 7 here. So Thursday night we have a uh, somewhat struggling Kansas City Chiefs heading to Denver for an AFC West showdown. And it looks like Kansas City is a three-point road favorite here with a total of 48, 48 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here in Kansas City, two and a half. Look headline, Kansas City, four and a half. Westgate open, Kansas City, four and a half. And my total here open, 50. Um, I guess I will say it too, just like I do every week. I'm going to use the, the Westgate Superbook in Las Vegas as the, the look headline, the number that was bettable the week before they played, uh, week six there, so the week before. And I'll also use the opener that they come up with uh, on Sunday. For these games, uh, just to kind of get a, a barometer of where this line's gone and how much of an adjustment from the last week and then uh, you know where the market moves. So, And then we'll also do the total, so you have an idea for the total. So uh, this game here, it's, uh, you know, like my like my numbers suggest, power rating, uh, Kansas State 2.5, it, it looked like you want to bet uh, Denver here. It looks like a pretty good Denver spot. Uh, you got Kansas City coming off a short week. They're banged up, uh, having to go to a divisional game with uh, altitude. I mean, just a lot of different factors here that definitely favor Denver. But the problem with that is I think Kansas City is definitely getting devalued quite a bit in the marketplace. And I had a small wager on last week and just 
looked pretty good. They came out of the gate pretty good. And I think Mahomes looked fine. I think they got up, what, 17 nothing or something right away. And then basically just uh, there's one big play, pivotal play there, a pass interference call that kind of just turned the whole game around. Again, that officiating, <laughs> I think, uh, kind of looms around uh, all these games. But uh, with all that being said, I th- like I said, I think it's a pretty good Denver spot, but it just comes down to, I don't know, I, I, it's hard for me to get only getting three points with Flacco. I just don't think this Denver is a, a premier enough team. I think they need more points almost in order to garner a wager on Denver. But the, at the same time, like I said, the, the spot and everything points Denver's way. So it's hard for me to bet Kansas City laying three uh, on the road. It just, it's, uh, it's a game that's just pretty tough. And the Thursday night with the flukiness and, like I said, with the officials, it's just uh, – a game I'm not, I'm not super strong on. I think, uh, like I said, if you look anywhere, I think you got to look uh, to the Denver side, getting catching three at home, especially those home teams on Thursday night are definitely something to look towards. But uh, all in all, I just I don't think I make a play here. I just don't have enough confidence in this Denver team to cover. Yeah, but against Denver, I was doing my pick of the week last week and wasn't overly impressed, but it got there fairly easily. And you know, maybe uh, maybe Denver's not quite as bad as they appeared. For the first handful of weeks, um, you know, after that pretty lifeless loss to the Raiders in Week One, and then uh, after that, going and they could have easily won that game against the Bears in Week Two, although they didn't. And then against the Packers, they lost by 11, but they really, really could have won that game. They were they were right in it, and they had a couple turnovers deep in uh, in the red zone there that really cost them. And then they lost another game where they were ahead by a decent amount to the Jags and kind of gave that away late. And then uh, they beat the Chargers fairly easily. And now they beat the Titans fairly easily. So uh, this Denver team was a team I was gung-ho to bet against. And maybe that's still the case, but maybe it was, this is a team that we have to reevaluate how good they actually are and uh, potentially give them more credit here going forward, but in this spot and now to the point where you're only getting a field goal against Kansas City, who I liked a little bit last week, and their defense is just so bad. It's just really hard to if, – if if Mahomes isn't clicking and the offense isn't clicking on full steam ahead, there's, they're really not a good team. And, and if they are, then they're still good, but they're probably going to be in a lot of shootouts. So uh, Kansas City's not really – uh, in a position right now where I really want to lay on the road with them, but I also don't totally trust Denver and Flacco and Fangio and uh, this, this Broncos team in general either in a spot where you're pretty much asking them to win the game in order to get the, the win. So for me, it's pretty easy, like you said, throwing the Thursday night factor with a little bit of randomness. It's just a pretty easy pass for me, but it should be a fairly intriguing one to watch. All right, let's head to Sunday. Uh, no London game this week, but it looks like we got uh, back to the eight early games, and then we got three late games. So I'd say it's a pretty standard eight and three, which uh, I think is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty solid there. So first one on Sunday, we have Arizona heading to the Giants. It looks like the Giants are three point home favorites here. The total of fifty, fifty and a half. Yeah, my power. Rate. Three, look headline, Giants three, Westgate open, Giants three, even money, and the total you're open 49 and a half. A little bit of over money, I think, uh, makes sense. You know, that defense is, uh, we've already talked about it in pod, past podcasts, but yeah, it's just, uh, pretty atrocious, that secondary and just the, the whole defensive staff is just, uh, not, not very good. Uh, 
and then you look at Arizona, I think they're kind of, I think they've been finding some, a little bit of success on offense. I don't, I don't put a whole lot of stock into it last week after that Atlanta. I think the Atlanta defense might be worse than the Giants somehow, but they're just, uh, you know, both two atrocious units. So I think we'll see uh, with Arizona. I think they're, for me, personally kind of a tough team to gauge where they're at. Uh, like I said, I just, uh, they won that game and covered at home as, a, as an underdog, short dog there last week against Atlanta. I, I was on them, but it just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't a very convincing win or a very, uh, win with that Arizona team where you're going to be rushing the window to back them again. So I don't, to me here, I don't, I'm not going to have much of an opinion. Uh, too high of a total for me to play and, and as well as, uh, the, the points spread, I think right where my numbers made it, I think if anywhere, I would probably lean to the Giants, but I think I have to wait to see where these injuries are going to come in at. I just, uh, like I said, this, this, this Giants seems really beat up. We saw that with the Vikings when we were there a few weeks ago. It's just, uh, pretty tough. So yeah, I'm going to have to wait to look where the Giants injuries come if I did have a play on it. But if I, right now I'd probably lean Giants uh, without seeing any injury report. Yeah, I, uh, I don't, I don't really have much of an opinion here. I, I think the Giants, like they were the talk of the town. And they, you know, after Danny Dimes' debut and looking so good, and then they go up against two top-tier defenses and the, the Patriots and the, and the Vikings, and now all of a sudden, it seems like a lot of people are kind of jumping off board. And then conversely, Arizona goes up against the Bengals and the Falcons in back-to-back weeks, and now all of a sudden they're a great team. So uh, I think just from a spot perspective and a recent perception perspective. I definitely prefer the the Giants side, but with I don't know with how banged up they are, they're a team that I kind of want to wait and see where the uh, where the injuries go here as the week progresses, and if they have a few of their playmakers back, especially is there any word on Saquon Barkley? Did you, did you mention that at all? Or no, right now I'm seeing him as questionable. Okay, so I mean, like, specifically if he comes back and, and Shepard and, and Ingram and those guys, if they get a couple of them back, I, I think this is pretty cheap here on the Giants, and that's the side I would look to. Uh, as, as When you're talking about two below-average to well-below-average teams, not a game that I'm going to be overly enthusiastic about, but uh, I would definitely look to the Giants side myself. Next game here, another good one. We got uh, Houston heading to Indianapolis, AFC South battle. Uh, Indy one point home favorite here with a total of forty-seven and a half, forty-eight. Yeah, my power rating number here was a pick'em. Look headline: Indy minus one and a half. Westgate open a pick'em. The total here open forty-seven and a half. Not a whole lot of movement on this game. I think that's uh, kind of like my numbers suggest. There's just kind of not a whole lot of uh, a room here. I just feel like. I mean, if anywhere, I think you got to look at the indie indie spot and the indie side. I mean, they're at home. I, I give them a full three points for home field, and not not a super strong home field, but definitely not a weak one. So I would definitely, uh, you know, like like the indie side. I think or look look to the indie side if nothing else, uh, especially Houston. It's not a good spot for them going into a big game there, a big AFC game uh, with one of the best uh, contenders with in the in the Chiefs and going in there and taking care of business and like I said they, they got down there pretty early and looked like they were kind of going to get blown out and type of deal uh, against Kansas City last week and they ended up 
having that big play with without having the pass interference and end up getting the ball back and going and scoring and and then pretty much changed the whole game around and they ended up winning by a, a decent margin at the end of the day. So I feel like they're going to be, if anything, a little bit fat and happy here. I think, uh, like I said, the spot definitely looks the Indy coming off a bye. Uh, yeah, Houston, like I said, a big game there last week. So yeah, if anything, uh, you got to look to the Indy side. It's just, uh, a, a, you know, I'm not really sure. Like I said, uh, it just, it's hard, hard for me to, with this Indy team, I think they're a little bit tougher to judge and, and gauge, but, uh, yeah, like uh, it'll be it'll be one I'm going to be keeping my eye on and kind of see where the market moves, and uh, especially if I won't be surprised too if Houston took a little bit of money from the, the public before kickoff. So this might be a game if you can catch a point or two going into the kickoff by uh, by, by Sunday. And like I not that, like we said in the past, not that it's a huge deal when you're going through a pick, you know, getting one, taking one, all that. But to me, I'm kind of you know pretty heavy lean towards Indy right now. So if I can get a little bit better of a number, then I might uh, urge a little bit of a bet. But uh, not a strong play, but uh, definitely look to the Indy side. Yeah, it's kind of funny the similarities. The Houston's beat the Jags, Chargers, Falcons, Chiefs, and Indies beat the Titans, Falcons, Chiefs. So the fact that they've, you know, both beat the uh, both beat the Chiefs, obviously coming off, and they've also beat the Falcons. Um, I just I don't know. I'm not really sure what to make of either of these teams. Like I think they're both solid, which I think a lot of teams in the league are. There's just they can kind of beat just about anybody, but they can lose it just about anybody on a given day. And I think both of these teams kind of fall into that category. I don't know. I'm just not really sure totally what to make of either of them. And I do think they're pretty similar, so I think you are getting a little bit of value on Indy coming off the bye week at home, and that's definitely a side I would look to as well. I just I just don't know if I really trust if I'd really trust Indy that much, and if I really trust betting against or on Houston, to me there's kind of a total wild card. I'm not really sure what to do with Houston, and uh, I don't know. Like if you look at their their common games, like I said the the Indy barely beat the Falcons, and Houston blew them out. And then you look at the Chiefs; they both won in a fairly close game. They won by you know one score, and then uh, the Chargers. Houston went in there and won, and an Indy lost, but that was the first game when the Chargers were at fuller strength. So it's just, it's just, I don't know. To me, this is a tough one to uh, really have much of a strong opinion about uh, how Houston's going to respond coming off a big win against the Chiefs. But it's like, well, how is Indy going to respond after a bye week coming off a huge win against the Chiefs? So it's, I think this will be a great game to watch. I'm definitely looking forward to it because there's obviously a lot of implications as far as how the AFC South is going to play out. Uh, but as far as betting goes, lean to the Colts, but don't really feel strongly in this one. All right, next game up, we got Miami heading to Buffalo. Uh, looks like Buffalo is a 17-point home favorite with a total of 40, 40 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Buffalo 18 and a half. Look at line, Buffalo 15 and a half. Westgate open, Buffalo 16 and a half, and the total here open 40 and a half. Yeah, this game right away, off the bat, uh, I mean, my power rating, I think, uh, kind of nice it came in higher just so I don't even have to attempt to bet on Miami because that's pretty much what I'm trying to do. But uh, kind of like with the last several years of this Cleveland, you know, it's kind of Miami just seems like a team that's just hard to back. And granted, they did go in and uh, lost, went for that two-point conversion and ended up missing it to go for the win instead of going to overtime last week at home against Washington. So they did they – did, uh, get the cover there, although they couldn't get the outright win, but by no means am I uh, super excited to go in and 
and about this Miami team, the one good thing I think I will say is I, I definitely like Fitzpatrick more um, than Rosen, that's for sure. I think it just comes down to uh, the problem with, with that for me personally, is even though I like the, like the Miami side a little bit more with Fitzpatrick in, I think uh, I, I was looking to come in and play this game under the total, and I kind of waited because I didn't think it was possible that they were going to let Fitzpatrick stay on the bench again going into this game, but that's what the plan was originally. And now, as of uh, I think today, maybe yesterday, it came out, but Fitzpatrick's named the starter, so that uh, doesn't look good for me. Uh, like I said, I'm glad I didn't bet the under because I think the number's definitely going to move, has a better chance of moving up than down uh, with with Fitzpatrick because he's definitely, to me, more of an over kind of uh, quarterback. He either makes mistakes or make makes big plays and bunches, so that's uh, good for an over over the total type of bet. So yeah. I'd, like I said, looking to come in under the total, I had a lot more confidence at 40, 40 and a half without Fitzpatrick in. So I'll kind of wait to see if this, where this number moves, but it's probably going to go from being a bet on the under to probably just a lean, I would think. Uh, just uh, not, you know, not enough points here with, like I said, with a lot of uh, versatility with Fitzpatrick. So all in all, it's uh, yeah, lean under, I guess, would be the only way I could look in this game. Yeah, I really don't have many thoughts about this game at all. Uh, it was funny. Butter was watching the games with us last week, and he said he's got – Put a hundred bucks on the Dolphins to go 0 and 16 and 11 to 1, and had to sweat out that two point conversion there late, and that was just an awful play call and execution and everything. So they remained undefeated or whatever you want to say that. I uh, just really don't think Miami's bettable almost either way. It's just the numbers are so high, you're paying a huge premium to bet against them. But I also don't trust them at all to bet on them, and I agree with kind of where you were going there with potentially the under, especially if Rosen's in. But, like, yeah, Fitzpatrick's, to me, much more just an over quarterback in general, even though it might not matter with his supporting cast in Miami. Uh, so, yeah, to me, pretty easy pass. I'll just uh, move on here to more interesting and more important games. Uh, next we got uh, Minnesota laying one and a half now here, heading to Detroit with a total of 45 and a half. Uh, yeah, my power right here, Minnesota minus one. Look at line was a pick 'em. Westgate open Minnesota one, and the total you're open 44. Had to be another tough game. I think it uh, looks like a little bit of money's coming in on the Vikings here. Uh, I, yeah, if I'm going to be betting this game, I, I'd be for sure looking to the Detroit side. I'm not going to be back in the Vikes. I think last week was a good spot. The week before was a good spot. I believe, yeah, I did have money on both of them uh, last week and the week before. But uh, this this is something here. I think they're maybe getting a little. I'm not even going to say overvalued. I think just a spot-wise, Detroit's, I think, been a pretty solid team. I think they definitely deserve to win that game on Monday night. I'm sure that uh, a lot of people talking about that with the officiating and the no call on, on the pass interference and then the two calls, uh, the legal hand to the face on the Detroit's defense, that what, what, what happened. But at the end of the day, um, I think <laughs> it is pretty funny, too, I guess, real quick is, I was I did like the Green Bay side. I know I talked about it in the pod, and I ended up not getting to the window. It just kind of was just a little bit too fluky. I didn't understand why that line was so low, and when you don't really understand why it's that low, I kind of just stay away. I think it's kind of just a good handicapping lesson, and just uh, if you can't account for why, it just to me it didn't make any sense, and thought I was missing something. And then ended up Detroit ended up winning, uh, or sorry, not not winning, but still covering. But it's kind of funny how big of a play that last play was when Aaron Jones was running into the end zone and Detroit was trying to let him score, which I've said teams should do that for a while, and most of the times they don't. But uh, hats out to Patricia there. I don't know if he was the one that did that or not. But the, the, Yeah, no, I totally agree. And and, and also hats off to uh, LaFleur for 
instructed him. He called the timeout before that play to say if they let you score, fall down at the one. And the, I totally agree. And I saw a bunch of people freaking out on Twitter about how oh, come that you got to take points when you're behind and whatever. And it's like no, no, no. By far the mathematical play is on offense get down to the one and kick the chip shot field goal that's like 99.9% or whatever it is to win the game with no time left as opposed to scoring with a minute 20 left and then trying to hold off Stafford from scoring a touchdown back on you. It's just such a no-brainer. So I definitely uh, I agree with you. It was great to see them, great to see the uh, Lions let them score, and then it was great to see the Packers not fall for it. And I think both teams played that how they should, and it'll be interesting that whole meta game there to see how it goes forward. But anyway, back back to you. Yeah, no, and it's funny, too, because you look at implications there. I mean, if they score that touchdown, the game gets over the total, and the Packers <laughs> the Packers cover. And granted, Detroit could have came back and potentially covered if they won the game or whatever, but it, it, if that would have, if they did get in there, for sure the total would have gone over, and most likely Green Bay would have you know, covered the point spread. So you look at that one play of them not scoring, just trying to play metagame and, and play the percentages, it's uh, – you know, pretty funny how it not affects not only the side but also the total. Just a huge difference in change and shift and money and all that stuff of how many millions or billions of dollars are bet on the game and just uh, you know pretty crazy to think about. So at the end of the day, I think it was good. I didn't bet the game, but uh, like I said, I think with Detroit here, I think you know, spot wise, this is a game that they you know pretty they need pretty pretty big here, especially in this NFC North, how competitive this division is. I mean, they're going to be they're already at the back of the pack right now, but uh, you have a loss to Minnesota here. You have Minnesota and Green Bay at the top of the division. It's just going to be really tough to not only get to the top of the division, but just make the playoffs. I mean, this is a game they really need. And I don't know. I won't, we'll see where this number goes. But, uh, I mean, yeah, you get, like, see it, I see it too at some uh, shop offshore that's a sharper shop. So if that's any indicator where this number is going, you might see a two, two and a half, and uh, it might be worthy of a money line or Detroit getting the points. But not that I think that they're a far – Less, uh, far less team than the, the Vikes by any stretch. But like I said, I think spot-wise, I think uh, Detroit's going to be a little hungry here. But at the end of the day, it, it might have been a little bit deflating too for them as well. So I, I won't be 100% certain how they come off that game. But I think if anything, I'm going to look to the Detroit side over Minnesota. Yeah, I've I've ridden the Vikings a lot of weeks here, and I think a lot of it made sense, and maybe it was borderline homer for part of it too. But I kind of agree with you. I don't know. I'd I'm not really sure what to do with this game. I I think these teams are fairly. I think I, mean, I think the Vikings are better, but I also don't really trust them on the road. And it's not a great team or a great defense, but I think the Detroit's got a pretty solid defense and and has, has looked pretty good for most of the year. So it's not a spot I absolutely trust the Vikings to go in there and be that successful. But then again, I also. It just seems like the Vikings kind of had the Lions number over the years, and especially Stafford and and I don't I think Zimmer's a better coach than Patricia, and I I think the quarterbacks are you know maybe a coin flip, and I think the Vikings have a little bit better defense. So I think this number is probably about where it should be, and it just kind of feels like I really wouldn't be surprised what happens in this game either way. So well, I think the line kind of reflects that, and for me it'll be yeah like you said big uh, big implications as far as the division goes. Now, last week, if the the Lions would have won that game against the Packers, they would have been first in the division and said they're last. So it's crazy how bunched they are in the NFC North. And I'm kind of surprised because I didn't think the Lions, I thought they were going to be a distant fourth. But even in a loss last week in a game they absolutely should have you know, should have won against the Packers, I think they've uh, quitted themselves well here this year and have been uh, pretty surprised because I was 
pretty down on the Lions like a lot of people were coming into the year. So I think this should just be a more of a good game to watch and uh and will we'll be impactful here as the season goes on, but from a betting perspective, not one that I'm really looking to get involved with. All right, uh to the other team they played on Monday night. We go uh to Green Bay. We got Oakland traveling to Green Bay. That looks like Green Bay is a five and a half point home favorite here with a total of forty seven, forty six and a half. Yeah, my power rain here, Green Bay minus seven, look at line, Green Bay seven. Westgate open Green Bay six and a half, and the total you're open forty six and a half. Kind of surprised by this line myself. Uh, I, I didn't think. I mean, it's kind of funny. You look at Green Bay. I think it kind of shows you the markets, I guess. But the, you look at Green Bay. They didn't quite cover, but like I said, they could have easily scored there. They should have scored in the normal game. They would have scored if it wasn't just at the end of the game and a, a situation where they're just trying to get the win and get out of there, or get, get the win and get out of there from home. But it's. Uh, I think that you, Oakland didn't play there on a buy, so I mean you're pretty much downgrading Green Bay is what the markets are saying, and I don't think that you can. I don't know if it's essentially warranted. Like I said, they should have probably covered, uh, judging by that last play, and and it was kind of a pretty good effort. I think Detroit came out pretty strong and all that stuff, and I, yeah, it just seems to me I don't really know how you can downgrade Green Bay a whole lot, and the fact that they move it off of seven from the week before, and even the early money's coming in on Oakland here, it just to me doesn't. Uh, I just don't really buy this Oakland team. I guess I have heard some people that I listen to that are pretty high on this Oakland team and kind of think that they've gotten it together and all of a sudden Gruden's a good coach and all this other stuff. And it's just kind of funny how people change, change so quickly and they hop on bandwagon. It's like, I don't really see, I don't, I don't really see it from Oakland. I mean, they still have a pretty bad defense, you know, bad as in probably bottom quarter of the league. And then, I mean, I, I've always been, decently high on car compared to the market so i think he he has a chance to keep the offense going but at the end of the day he's he, he's gonna make mistakes and there's really not a whole lot of other playmakers on that team so i mean yeah i i don't i'm not actually suggesting lay the points here at green bay like you kind of got burned last week with that but especially when you give green bay i give him home field of four it's just hard to imagine that uh you know, point and a half two point difference between these two teams it just it doesn't make sense again to me, but that's kind of what I said last week with the Detroit line. But I think Detroit's got a much better chance of uh, Oakland than keeping the, keeping the game close. I think Detroit's a far superior team. Not far, but definitely a better team than Oakland. So, yeah, again, to me, I get Oakland's coming off a bye and spot-wise maybe Oakland a little bit. But uh, this seems like a, a spot, if anything, where Green Bay comes and blows blows out Oakland. I just don't think they're going to keep it close. So I mean, the only way I'm going to look here is taking Green Bay. I think uh, not not – Definitely not necessarily an advantage teaser, but I definitely like Green Bay in a teaser as well. I think they're going to be able to win the game. Uh, so, yeah, give me Green Bay, probably a little bit lean to the point spread, and then also put them in a teaser. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I really haven't been impressed at all with, with Green Bay. So, uh, I don't know if I really like Oakland in a, after a big win against the Bears and then coming back, and they're probably feeling pretty good about themselves after the that win in London. But on the flip side, I just I don't I don't I think the Packers are pretty phony. I think they they should have lost last week to the Cowboys or to the Lions. The week before that, they actually had a pretty impressive game against the Cowboys. They lost to the Eagles before that. I think they could have game got either way against the Broncos. They probably should have lost to the Vikings, and it was a coin flip game against the Bears. Like I think I think the Packers could very easily be like two and four right now instead of five and one if just a couple of things had gone differently. And I don't know if the line would be a whole lot different. Because I think that's, I think like a long time ago or, you know, years ago, uh, a lot of the numbers relied a lot more on teams' records than they did actual ability of teams. And I think as the markets have gotten sharper year after year, 
you're starting to see teams getting priced more like their statistical profile and more like their actual ability levels than their records in particular. Because I think, I mean, I guess Oakland is, is, has a respectable record, so maybe they'd be getting a little bit of credit here at three and two. But I think the Packers would probably be getting pumped up a little bit more based on their five and one record if people were just kind of looking at that blindly. Uh, I think I think part of the reason that Oakland's getting a little bit of support here is the Green Bay wide receiver situation where there's some cluster injuries and you're not sure if Adams is going to go and uh, what's Valdez Scanlon got hurt and Geronimo Allison got hurt and uh, you know so if they're down to whoever they had that. Lazar or whatever that guy was out there, and then uh, Shed or whoever the guy was that fumbled the punt return and then also had the one go off his helmet the Monday nighter that led to an interception. If they're trotting those two out there, as good as Aaron Rodgers is, that's just a lot to ask for just that few playmakers on an offense. So I hear what you're saying with Green Bay, but I just I don't trust this Packers team at all. And uh, if this was a little bit better spot for the Raiders, I think I'd probably come in on them heavy. But I'm just not sure how they're going to respond off a big win. So, for me, I probably won't get involved with this game. And uh, just as a Vikings fan, <laughs> be, be be rooting for Oakland. And uh, hopefully Green Bay's record kind of comes back to the mean of more of what it should be here uh, in a few weeks to come. Next game, we got Jacksonville heading to Cincinnati. Looks like Jacksonville's laying three and a half here on the road with a total of 43 and a half, 44. Yeah, my power rating here, Jacksonville five and a half. Look headline, Jacksonville three. Westgate open, Jacksonville three and a half, and the total here open forty seven. It's kinda I think something to kind of take note here of this game. Kind of surprised the fact that Jacksonville lost and didn't cover at home. You know, laying points, I guess they got steamed up pretty good from one, one and a half all the way up to three against the Saints last week. And the look headline was Jacksonville three going into this game. And then you look at Cincy's side, they went and kept the game, you know, by the scoreboard somewhat close and ended up covering against the Baltimore team. And then, you know, the line's going the other way. So like you said, kind of similar. They're not going to look at the score, scoreboard of the last game. I think it's kind of more of the stats and the way they played out. I don't, I don't think Cincy had any business of covering that game. Baltimore had a lot of, no. yeah, they had the opening kickoff that they housed and then they had the one drive late to, to get the cover, and that's all they did the entire game. They just got absolutely dominated, but that's not what you get just from looking at the score. Yeah, so obviously odds makers and betters that are betting this, this this game obviously see that, but I think Jacksonville, I think a little bit of alarming too. Like I said, that was a pretty good spot for Jacksonville. Um, they're at home, and, and we already went to that last week, and that was one of my bigger bets of the week, and it just uh, they just didn't really have anything. It was They came up pretty empty, and that's a little little concerning if you're uh, Jacksonville better now that the fact they have to go on the road again. Um, granted, it is against a Cincy team that's I am pretty low on and definitely a, a bottom tier team. But you know, value wise, you're really not getting any value here. You'd expect this number look at line three. You'd expect with the performances and the cover by Cincy, non covered by Jacksonville at home and kind of no showing. You'd expect this number to come in at about a two and a half, and this would be something where I'd come back in at Jacksonville, thinking you're getting a little bit of value. But the fact that it moved the extra hook. Instead of going downwards, it went upwards, and given to the Jacksonville side, just to me a little bit mysterious. And uh, either way, there's I don't think there's any value in Jacksonville. I just I don't know how you can argue that point. So um, yeah, to me, uh, it just a game is just I, I wanted to come in here and bet Jacksonville, but like I said, I don't think there's any value in this game. So I mean, I think at any point this this number, I think you got to lean, lean Cincy getting the extra hook, but it's just uh, for me tough to do when you got the Cincy team that's pretty 
uh, pretty pretty tough to tough to back. That's for sure. So yeah, I don't know. Pretty, for for the most part, I think it's gonna be a pretty easy pass. We'll kind of see where it goes for the rest of the week here in this game. Yeah, I think this is about as easy a pass as they come. Uh, no, we just want no part of Cincy. They've they've been just lifeless here for the better part of a month. I mean, last week, guys, like you said, they got the cover, but they had zero business. They weren't even compete competitive at all with Baltimore. And Arizona, they ended up only losing by three, but you know, we both had them, and they were never in that game. They got absolutely drilled by the Steelers the week before. And then uh, the only game they actually looked competitive was that week one against Seattle, and then the Bills where they were basically out of it the whole game, but they got the backdoor cover that was at least a little bit legitimate. And other than that, they got blown out by the Niners. So, I mean, this Cincy team, they're 0-6. They've definitely earned it. They've been non-competitive in three-quarters of those games. Just a team I want no part of whatsoever, especially when you're talking about a three-and-a-half-point spread range, not a 17 like Miami is every week. So for me, I just have zero interest to put any money on Cincinnati, and then you flip it around and, and look to the Jacksonville side, and me, like you, like a lot of uh, pretty you know sharper people, whoever you want to say, were on Jacksonville last week against New Orleans, and the defense played pretty good, kind of like how you'd expect. But uh, just, uh, the Minshew mania might kind of be coming to a close here, and and is, is he really a quarterback and an offense just in general with with their playmakers and explosiveness that you really trust to go on the the road right now and lay more than a field goal? I I just don't I don't trust it. So uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I know they just traded Jalen Ramsey, which I think is good for their future long term, getting a couple first round picks and a fourth rounder. But as this immediate impact, I don't think it'll really have any because it's not like the players are going to play harder or less hard to prove a statement either way. I don't think that'll have any impact on this game. It's just a matter of whether they can the the offense can find their uh, their mojo against a well below average Cincinnati defense here. And I just I'm not sure if I trust it enough here to to lay this kind of price on the road. So for me, it's a pretty easy pass. I want to yeah. add too that something about this game is. Pretty, it's pretty surprising. Look at that opener number for that total. It opened 47, and, and now we're seeing 43 and a half, 44. And uh, I don't know. To me, that's just I don't know if that is necessarily warranted. To me, it seems like Cincy's defense is pretty weak. And you look at that Jacksonville team. I think they're going to have much more success on offense. I think. I know if I've heard a handful of people say Minshew, they're kind of just giving up on. Him. I'm not. I'm not saying he's a world beater, but I mean, I think this New Orleans defense is pretty. Pretty real. I think that's a lot to do with it. I think we saw that whether it be like Kirk Cousins in the Minnesota with good defenses or, or these other quarterbacks. But I mean, since he's a huge step down in defensive class, uh, so I don't know. To me, this total, I don't really, under, I don't really understand this total under move. I think, uh, you know, other than the fact it's kind of just a Jacksonville game with a good defense and bad offense, it kind of seems like they're getting back to that shtick that they've had for the last several years. But uh, to me, this looks like something. Uh, I don't know if it will go any lower, but I think if anything, you got to look at the over here. Yeah. I'd... Definitely get on board with that. I, I think that uh, that makes a lot of sense. All right, uh, next game we got the Rams heading to Atlanta. Looks like uh, the Rams are laying three here on the road with a total of fifty-four, fifty-four and a half. Yeah, my power rating here: Rams two and a half. Look at line: Rams minus four. Westgate open: Rams three and a half, and the total here open fifty-three. It, to me, this game's a lot pretty similar to the, the last game we just talked about. I mean, you have this Rams team that. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Again, I had a big bet on them last week. Had my play, pick of the week on them, and they just were pretty dead. I know they had a few unlucky plays. I know they had the 
the fumble right away out of half that led to San Francisco points, that, that the Rams that is, and then they went for it a few times on fourth down, fourth and like inches, or I know fourth and goal where they were inches from the goal line and they just couldn't get in several times and that just that that's obviously a huge difference in the game. I mean, at the end of the day, it, you know, the final score is I don't know if it's necessarily misleading, but I mean maybe a little bit misleading, but still if you just look at the stats and you just watch the game and use the eye test, I mean, that that offense for the Rams just looked pretty dead and again, is that just a San Francisco defense or is it just because of the Rams and what Goff has had and then obviously it's probably somewhere in the middle between the two, but to me, this seems, like I said, kind of similar to the last game we talked about in Jacksonville. I think the Rams, I don't think they have a great offense. I don't think they even necessarily have a above average, an average offense. And you go against Atlanta, who's got an absolutely atrocious defense, which we've seen each and every week, and everybody has success against them. So this seems like a, a spot where the Rams are going to be able to go in and score some points. Hence why I'm sure that's why we see the move over the total, which I do agree with. We've seen that since the opener, a few points uh, tick upwards. Uh, with Atlanta, I think, you know, they've shown they can score some points as well. So yeah, I definitely agree with the over. And then, uh, as from a side perspective, it's, uh, it seems like something you want to come back and back the Rams here. But I don't know, this team might just seem like something that, uh, the, the defense is, seems like they can't get off the field. And yeah, I don't know. I just don't know if I trust this team right now. They seem like they might be going up uh, a little bit in shambles uh, compared to last year. So. Uh, I, I don't know if we'll be able to get to the, the window or not on the Rams. I, it just seems like a little square to be back in the Rams here, but I feel like if you're ever going to get value on the, on the Rams in the last year or two, I think it's probably now. Uh, but at the same time, I don't have a whole lot of confidence. But yeah, I don't, I don't really, I can't really back Atlanta either. I just don't have any confidence in that team and uh, the coaching staff, uh, that defense. There's just too many question marks and too many, <laughs> too many unbackable signs for me. So even though you are getting three at home, uh, it just seems like a team that, uh, like I said a few weeks ago, that's almost unbackable. So, to me, lean Rams on the side, and then uh, yeah, probably like the over over the total. Yeah, the last couple of weeks here in the Falcons game, they've had totals that added up to 67 and 85. So I think the teams like the defense is basically just non-existent. I don't know. It, I mean, it hasn't been good all year, but it seems like it's really gone to a level of just being awful here recently. So. I agree with that over. I feel like in the Rams, it seems to me like they're the type of team that after being frustrated here the last couple of weeks kind of wants to take out their aggression on somebody, and, and that could be this Atlanta defense. But after I've been gung-ho on the Rams here for a couple of weeks in a row, they just really didn't show hardly any signs of life against the Niners last week. And I do think the Niners are good and can control the line of scrimmage. But it it didn't feel like it was just solely the – the Niners that were imposing their will on the Rams. It just seems like there's kind of something missing with the Rams this year. And it's like, I don't, you know, you can say, well, how can we go and play on them last week to, to saying there's something missing and kind of waving the white flag on them. And I don't, there's not an exact, there's nothing you know exact that I saw. And I'm not saying I'm going to give up on them for the rest of the year for sure, but it just seems like there's just, there's just something not there with them. And Goff just doesn't look good. And McVay, he tried to, He's been, even though he kind of has an aggressive label, he's been pretty conservative when it comes to fourth and short type calls. And then last week he finally tries to actually be aggressive there, and they they run it up the middle again on fourth and goal, and they get stuffed at the you know inch line. And it just seems like it's kind of almost one of those things where it might just not be their year. And uh, you know they got the talent to potentially come back, but they're just they're not a team right now that I really trust laying points on the road with and uh even though i don't really like atlanta either they can kind of score with with just about anybody 
and I think they're going to play a lot of just shootout back and forth type games. So in this spot, I don't really have any interest because I don't trust Atlanta, but I just think, yeah, the over is the way to go if, if you're going to play anything in this game and then stack your, you know, DraftKings and fantasy and all that and just try to get as much out of this game as you can, even though it will be, you know, a real popular one. All right, last of the early games, uh, not not a great one by any, any stretch, but uh, we do have two two teams coming off a big win. We got uh, San Francisco heading to Washington, uh, nine and a half point favorite here. The Niners are on the road with a total of 41, 41 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, San Francisco eleven and a half. Look headline, San Francisco eight and a half. Westgate open, San Francisco nine and a half, and the total here open forty three. Uh, yeah, quite a bit of money here on the under, pushing this number down. Like you said, sitting 41, 41 and a half. And yeah, to, to me, this is a pretty easy pass. I think out of all the games here that we've talked about in this early slate, I think this is the one I have the, probably the least feel for, I would say. I just, uh, again, I just don't have any faith in this Washington team. And then San Francisco in, in a terrible spot after a couple huge wins. They've had some primetime wins and just look pretty dominant. I know some people saying that's the best team they've seen and, you know, stats wise that they've seen 20 or 30 years or something. I know something ridiculous and I think they're solid, but I still don't really trust Garoppolo. I think he's, uh, hasn't really having to do much. He's, to me, he seems kind of similar to, to Teddy Bridgewater. He's kind of just a game manager and kind of doing what he has to do. And, but I, it'll be interesting to see once he gets, if he does get into playoffs and all that, if, if he's going to be able to make the plays and stuff that are necessary once he can't rely on the rest of their team and the rest of the defense and control the game, uh, as in, you know, coming from behind and trying to make some throws, all that. I just haven't really seen that from him, and he, he should be the quarterback to do it, but I don't know if uh, if I will. But anyway, kind of getting off topic there. But, yeah, at the end of the day, this game here, I just uh, I think, if anything, probably look to Washington. But, again, it's tough to back Washington right now uh, with their whole uh, mess. But, yeah, Keenum in there, I, he makes mistakes, but i definitely rather have Keenum in there than anybody else on the Washington uh, quarterback staff. So, yeah, I guess uh, if anywhere look at Washington, but most likely game I'm not going to be involved with. Yeah, really, really not much opinion here. Uh, don't like Washington at all. They barely snuck by the Dolphins, and we're pretty lucky to do it. I agree that Keenum's the quarterback you want, or I guess or Colt McCoy. To me, just either of them or Haskins is just an absolute disaster. And uh, the Niners, not sure. They're not really a team that seems like they're going to run up points and win by margins, but. You know, who knows? Again, Washington might be bad enough where it might not matter. So, don't need to belabor the point here anymore in this game or just, you know, perform any more lip service. Let's, uh, easy pass for me. Let's move on to the late games. So, three late games here. The first one we got is the, uh, LA Chargers heading to my Tennessee Titans and, uh, the Titans two point home favorites here with a total of 39 and a half. Yeah, my power right here, Tennessee minus two. Look at line to pick them. Westgate open to pick them. Totally, you're open 40 and a half. And I think uh, this one's kind of interesting. You see the move from Mariota to Tannenhill. And uh, so, yeah, it looks like Tannenhill will be getting the start here. And I think you see a little bit of move in the markets, a little bit of move uh, upwards. I think the markets are liking that change in the quarterback position there with Tannehill. I mean, I guess it's kind of hard to argue at this point, but I don't know if there's a huge upgrade for, for necessarily. But, uh, yeah, as in the handicap of this game, this is just another tough one for me. I mean, Chargers have just been getting bet against every week and taking uh, money against them, and they've just never been in these games. And I know they're banged up and injured, but I think you have to question yourself as, as, as Rivers kind of hit that wall that we saw with Manning. And uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I'm I, I, this is, I think this is a Tennessee spot. If, if, 
it seems like the Tennessee has potential, potentially more life than the Chargers, but I know, uh, like, like you'll probably think the same as me. It's just going to be tough for, for, for you to get the window on the Tennessee team with as lifeless as they look last week, especially as bad as that offense looks. So I guess the, I think if you're going to come in at a handicap angle here, I think you'd want to think that Tannehill is going to spark this offense and they'll be able to put some points up on the board. Um, but it, you know, to me, I'm not sure if I'm necessarily convinced of that. So I think this is going to be a pretty sloppy game. Uh, Something that I'm just, I don't know if I'm willing to invest any money in here, but uh, I guess it's, yeah, like I said, if anywhere, I think you got to look at the Tennessee side, laying less than a field goal at home. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just don't really know what to make of either of these teams. Coming into the year, you, this would have been a huge bet on the Chargers, but obviously that uh, hasn't gone the way they, their season has gone the way they would have liked so far, and and they've looked pretty brutal here for basically. The last month and a half, basically the whole season, the, other than sneaking by the Colts week one and then beating up on a poor Dolphins team. And they've been progressively more and more injured, and it's just a team that really not a whole lot of fun to back right now, and I just don't really see that changing anytime soon. Uh, but then, yeah, conversely, Tennessee, I, I do like the – once Tannehill came in there, they are moving the ball way better, even though it didn't show up on the scoreboard. That was uh, absolutely an upgrade from Mariota, but whether – whether once you know the teams have a week to prepare for him and and uh, he becomes a starter, you know who knows whether whether that's actually going to be much of an upgrade or he's just going to be more of the same there from the Tennessee quarterback. I'm not really sure, and I do agree that I think this is a fairly good spot to come back on the Titans. I just don't. I thought last week was a fairly good spot to come back on them, and the fact that they they were just so lifeless. I mean, I guess their defense did play fairly well. So you will give them credit for that. So that's I, I agree. That's the way I look as Tennessee. But boy, if that offense shows up anything like it did in Denver, that's just real tough. <laughs> Talking about laying points with a team that's so so ineffective at, at scoring. But maybe that's just the way they're going to be from week to week. And then you just hope you get the offense that uh, you know put up. I guess twenty four against the Falcons <laughs> isn't all that impressive either. Or 43 against the Browns in week one, I guess, would be their most impressive showing. But other than that, I mean, they put up 0, 7, 24 against the Falcons, which is an asterisk, 7 against the Jags, 17 against the Colts, and then that 43 week one. So, boy, they just struggle a lot to score points. Uh, just a team that's tough to, to lay any kind of points with. But I agree, that's the way I'd go as well. All right, next game we got Baltimore heading to Seattle. Uh, looks like Seattle's a... Uh, Three to three and a half point here, home favorite with a total of 49, 49 and a half. Uh, yeah, my power range, Seattle minus four and a half. Look at line, Seattle four. Westgate open, Seattle four, and the total here open 49 and a half. Um, yeah, I'm kind of surprised with this line. I think this would be the one I'd surprise the most of, probably for the week. Just seems like this is a, I, I don't know, I'm not really sure where, uh, where the respect is coming, if it's a respect for Baltimore or the lack of respect for Seattle, I guess I, I would I would lack hope it'd be the for Seattle. Yeah, I, I would hope it would be that. At the end of the day, it just seems like uh, I don't know when when you have Wilson, he's probably uh, one of the MVP candidates here. He's been just looking so solid. I just uh, yeah, who knows with the rest of the Seattle team in the end and the extra home field. To me, that's it's just. Uh, I give, I give, just like with Green Bay, I give Seattle four for home field. That's it's a pretty tough place to play and go into. And, and you're basically saying Baltimore 13 and Seattle. I just don't really buy that. And, uh, you know, decently, you know, somewhat decently better team too, an extra point or so. 
So yeah, to me that just doesn't. Uh, I don't really buy that. So yeah, give me Seattle here. I like. I definitely like the Seattle side. Um, it, not a, not a, not a play I'm definitely like love by any stretch, but I think the numbers off for sure. I just don't think. Uh, like I said, I think it's kind of tough with Seattle to lay points. Uh, more than three like this. I, I I'm not really too high on this team either. But I think just value wise and look at the number. I think you definitely got to look at uh, like look at Seattle and like Seattle. So yeah, like I said, anything under four, I think uh, pretty. A decent sized play on Seattle, I think, and uh, you know, see what happens. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty low on this Baltimore team too, so I just don't think it's really warranted. This seems like a, a point spread that should be in the four, four and a half range for sure. Yeah, I just think the Seattle—they're about the only team in the league that's more fraudulent than the Packers, and they both have five and one records. I mean, if you look at Seattle, what they've done last week—they beat the Browns by four. But we were both watching that game, and it was just comical how many things broke their way. It was just time after time. You know, turnovers and just penalties, and it was just, it was honestly laughable how they, well, yeah, Russell Wilson played great and he's been good all year. So, as with the Packers, you know, when you have a top tier quarterback, you always got to give them that. Kind of the benefit of the doubt there, but then they should have lost to the Rams the week before if Legatron makes that 44 yard field goal. And then, uh, the week before, they actually, was their one, like, pretty impressive game where they, they took care of business at the Cardinals and won that one easily. And they lost to the Saints at home in Bridgewater's first start. And then at the Steelers, they were losing at halftime to, and when Big Ben got hurt. And then they came back and won that game by two against the Steelers squad that we're still not sure is any good. And then they barely beat the Bengals, who we know are awful, and they beat them by one week one. Like, I mean, they just, they had one good performance all year. And it was against the Cardinals. And even, I mean, I guess that the Saints is the one good team they've played. Uh, you know, and maybe the Rams in there, I guess. But just really, to me, it's just a super phony five and one record. And this would be a spot I'd absolutely love to step in and just hammer against Seattle. But then, of course, you got to bring Baltimore to the equation. <laughs> and they're not quite as phony, I don't think, but they're kind of the AFC version of that where they're four and two, but the four teams they've beat are the Bengals, Steelers, Cardinals, and Dolphins. So maybe four of the worst six teams in the league, some somewhere in there. And then uh, they lost to the Chiefs in a game that they basically got blown out and made it look respectable late. And we've come to find out the Chiefs aren't nearly as good as we thought. And then the Browns, who might be worse than we thought too, because ever since they got blown out by the Browns, the Browns have been horrendous. So I just I don't I don't like Baltimore much at all. And I'd like to bet against them, but I want to bet against Seattle too. So just really frustrating when you got teams that you want to bet on playing against each other and teams that you want to bet against playing against uh, against each other. So reluctantly, I think we have to say this one out. And I I guess I, I, I hear where you're coming from. And I do think that if you can get Seattle out of flat three, that's probably the way to go because I think you're getting a much better quarterback and, uh, and you're getting a pretty good home field. So I... I agree there, but I just it's just frustrating that I'd like to be betting against both of these teams if uh, the circumstances were different. All right, last late game here. We have New Orleans heading to Chicago. Looks like Chicago's a three-point home favorite with uh, extra juice and a total of 38. Um, yeah, my power rating here, Chicago three. Look at line, Chicago three. Westgate open, Chicago three and a half. And the total here open, 39 and a half. Another yeah, tough game here again. I don't know. I just, this, this this week's a little gonna be a tougher one for sure to come up with some some decent plays. But um, I, I guess I know one thing. I've kind of gotten burned a few weeks, but I'm not gonna be betting on New Orleans. That's that's for sure. I just uh, I think you're gonna be betting on the defense if you're betting on them. But Teddy hasn't done a whole lot to impress me, and um, 
I guess I shouldn't say that. I guess I was on New Orleans two weeks uh, two weeks ago, but um, last week definitely got burned by him uh, with decent play on Jacksonville. And this is another spot here. I'm not too hot. It. Uh, I, I don't know. I just. I think you're. Uh, this New Orleans team is getting valued pretty high. And um, yeah, I, I don't. Know. I don't have a whole lot on this game, but uh, this, it just seems like a Chicago spot here. I think they, they would be able to come in and. I said it last week, so maybe kind of kind of sound redundant, but I think New Orleans has gotten up for all these games here, and they've been looking impressive. And I think at some point here they're down for due for a little bit of a downer. So I, I think, uh, not, like I said, not a huge strong handicap, but I think just uh, a feel wise and spot wise, I just uh, definitely like the Chicago side, especially coming off the bye. Uh, a lot, a lot of indicators to the Chicago. Um, I know you're paying a little bit of extra price there with that extra three, a little bit extra juice on the three, but I think I'd still probably play it if anything. But uh, yeah, definitely prefer a three or over three and a half, especially with a low total. Um, and and you definitely don't want to pay for that extra hook. So if you can get a three here, I think it'd be worth uh, maybe a small bet on Chicago. Yeah, I don't know. I I think the the defenses are pretty equivalent, and I give a slight nod to Teddy over Trubisky or Daniels, or I give a slight nod to uh, to Peyton over Nagy. So I think the Saints are a little bit better team, but I think the spot favors the the Bears coming off a kind of a tough loss there at London, and then having the break to refocus and start planning for this game. I think is a spot where I do think the Bears will come out and have a pretty good effort. I just think the Saints are slightly better. So if this were, if comes down to a flat three, uh, I would agree probably probably look towards the Bears. But I just don't really like paying extra juice for for this one. I just don't think the Bears are all that great of a team either. I think they're probably a little bit above average, but nothing special. And I think the Saints are probably a little bit better than that. Uh, I just think the spot kind of negates that a little bit and. For me, this is another one that's uh, kind of an easy pass. You'd, I mean, the obvious play would be to look towards the under, but at, at 38, like we said a million times, totals in like the high 30s, they can just get there by accident. If you have one special teams fluke touchdown or one turnover on their own side of the field, can can really get that uh, up towards a total without even really uh, having any business being there. So it's... I don't think you're going to make money long-term betting under when you're talking about totals in this range. So for me, um, I think this one will be a real interesting one to watch and definitely uh, pretty crucial for division races but uh, and, and just NFC seeding and, and whatnot in general. But, uh, yeah, it's not a whole lot of interest for me from a betting perspective. All right, Sunday night game. Got the NFC East, really the, the two only two teams that – I think have a chance to win the NFC East. You got the Eagles heading to the the Cowboys, and the Cowboys are three point home favorites with a little juice towards Philadelphia and a total of forty eight and a half, forty nine. Yeah, my power in here, Dallas three. Look headline, Dallas two and a half. The Westgate open, Dallas three, even money. The total here open forty eight. Yeah, boy, this is another tough game, another a good one. At least we'll get a good one here Sunday night. But uh, it's uh, to me, I think there's this Dallas team, I I bet on them here the last couple of weeks, but it's just uh, I know we liked them a couple, two weeks ago, but uh, against the Packers, but the, the, I don't know. Then last week I, I didn't bet on them at all, but I thought that was a game where they go in and and, and blow the doors off the Jets, and that couldn't have been anything far further from the truth. So uh, I think you're seeing this Dallas team, this coaching staff, and all these hesitations we had, me and you probably both going into the season with 
with Garrett and and Dak not super high on him and and all everything else going on in this locker room, I think people kind of just thought oh everything was solved and everything's good to go after they went three and zero. And I never really bought that. I didn't really make any money betting against them by any means, but I definitely didn't bet on them and lose any money. So I think this is just a tough team to gauge. I think it seems like like you see every year with Garrett and Dallas, it seems like it just comes down to where they're a super average or maybe slightly above average team that no one's really scared of in the playoffs and. Uh, I think Philly's kind of the opposite. They 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 have a pretty high ceiling, but with all the injuries and and the, the defense is pretty banged up. You saw that with Minnesota took advantage of that last week, and I think you know they have a pretty low floor, but also pretty high ceiling. So I think with with Philly, I think that'd be the side I'd probably look at is 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 backing Philly here. I think they have a better chance of getting it done, but at the end of the day, I like I said that secondary. I think Dallas will be able to put some points and take advantage of it. So, yeah, to me, it's right my number made it, and I don't have a huge stance, but uh, I don't know if I can back this Dallas team until they show me and prove, prove, prove something to me. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like, not a strong play, but I guess probably if anywhere lean uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, and Philly's wins have come against the Skins, Jets without Darnold, and the Packers. And Dallas's wins have come against the Giants, Redskins, and Dolphins. So, I mean, Really, these teams haven't shown us much, and one of the two of them is almost for sure going to win the the East. Uh, I don't know. It just this game to me seems pretty coin flippy. I, I agree. I think Philly's got a higher ceiling if their players are healthy, but boy, is their secondary just atrocious. And, and then you look at uh, the Cowboys, and their wide receivers are banged up. So I don't know if uh, what's his name the guy from Oakland, um, Cooper. I don't know if Cooper's questionable and Gallup's questionable and Cobb is questionable. So, I mean, this to me is one of those, like, almost just an information game. It's a banged-up Philly secondary versus a banged-up Cowboys wide receiver core. If there's any way that one of those comes through and is going to play and one of them has a lot of injuries, they're out for the game. So I'll almost take that side. I just I don't know what to make of it. They're both coming off. Dallas is coming off of loss against a below-average team, and Philly's coming off a loss where they got blown out by the Vikings. So I think from a motivational standpoint, they're both going to be at peak motivation, so that doesn't really factor in too much. They both need it like crazy for the divisions, but pretty much these two games they play each other is could decide it. So uh, it's just it's just tough. I, just, I, I would love Philly in this spot if I trusted their secondary just a little bit more. But if the Cowboys wide receivers are healthy, and I just I don't know, I think they'll have quite a bit of success. And I do like Wentz better than than Dak, and I like Peterson better than Garrett. So I I want to go to the, the Eagles here, but I just don't know if I can if I can get there with the, the injuries or not. So we'll see see uh, how this one how the money comes here, and if it it looks like I wonder, do you think the money would have a better chance of going towards Dallas or towards Philly here? What do you think? Yeah, I, think, I mean, I think, I think you got. I think the money would look towards Philly if anything. I'm seeing that here. I think uh, more, more, more chance of it going down to two and a half than going up to three and a half. I think for sure. That's obviously see the extra deuce right now, but I don't, I don't think it's going to move a whole lot. But uh, yeah, I think it, if you if you get Philly at a three, I think that'd be better uh, for sure. That's something to lock in at. Yeah, I got you. I, I think, I think that's that's good point. So I mean, yeah, I'd say. Something there, yeah, lock in affiliate three if you can, but that's the side I would look towards, and I say it's pretty unlikely it's going to move closer to that as the the week goes on. So if the money does keep coming in that direction, then it's either take a little bit now or it's just to me kind of stay away from this game. 
Or, I mean, maybe even bet a little Philly money line. Because I do think if Philly comes out and plays like they can, they should be able to win this game. Uh, so maybe that's, you know, not a bad way to look at it either and just say take the plus plus money there. All right, let's go to the Monday night game. We got New England heading to the Jets and a little AFC East battle. Uh, I got New England laying nine and a half on the road with a total of uh, 42 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, New England minus eight. Look headline, New England nine and a half. Westgate open, New England 10. Total you're open 43 and a half. Um, yeah, pretty simple handicap here, but I mean, I think take the Jets at home. Pretty simple bet against the Patriots. That I know hasn't been very profitable in the past, what, 10, 15 years, but, uh, I think, uh, you know, that's where the value is, but not gonna, not gonna be a strong play or a huge play, but I think, and I, I might not even get to the window, but if, definitely that's the only way I can look here is to take the Jets and the points, but and the one problem with that, I mean, not, not, not the greatest of spots. You have the Patriots coming off of extra rest with the Thursday night game, uh, pretty, you know, conv- convincing. Uh, it was a convincing win they covered with the big point spread, but not only that, it didn't really seem like they were too um, had used a lot of resources. It seemed like it was kind of just a business type of trip uh, for that, or not trip, but just a business type of game for the, the Patriots, like they usually are. So, and then you add in the fact that the Jets had a huge upset against Dallas, who was thought of as one of the best teams in the NFC at one point uh, earlier this year. So, and then they got their quarterback Darnold back, and I think it's uh, I think that's fine. I think that gives them a little bit of momentum as opposed to being overvalued, kind of like maybe you'd seen that Oakland team where they had a big win and now they're going to kind of come back down to earth. I think that might kind of start a trend where they have some confidence in their players and if Darnold can play like that. But at the same time, like I said, they're they're coming off a pretty big high there, winning that game outright as as a seven-point dog. So um, spot-wise, I don't think it's a, a great spot for the Jets by any means, but I think uh, value-wise, I, mean, I think you are getting a little bit of value just because I think the, there's so much – built-in uh, line value against the Patriots just because the books are tired of getting beat by the, the Patriots every week, and the, they know the public's going to come in on the Patriots, and they're going to have a bunch of liability with teasers and money line parlays and all that. So um, with all that being said, I think Jets, if uh, I see a couple tens out there, I definitely like the 10, uh, obviously, over the 9.5. So, yeah, give me the give me the Jets with a small lean plus 10 at home, uh, Monday night football. I think that would be the way to look, especially with the low total. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, Definitely look towards the Jets too. I mean, I can't really stress enough how important the upgrade from Falk, who didn't even—I don't think he's in the league anymore—to uh, Darnold, who was making a couple of really nice throws uh, against the Cowboys last week. He, I mean, deep balls dropped a few on the bucket down the sideline. It was super impressive, especially coming off the layoff. There wasn't uh, wasn't a whole lot of signs of rust, and they they did almost blow that game, but they were. Super, you know, obviously they were real impressive and, and competitive there early against decent competition at the very least in the Cowboys. So I just think that this game could be one of those pretty close for most of the game. And, and then obviously you're going to love having the nine and a half, ten in your pocket. Or even if they do drop down and they're down 14 late or whatever, 16 late, there's still, there's still a decent amount of backdoor potential if the Jets get the ball and the Patriots are just trying to grind the game out and, and uh, Darnold's carving up the prevent defense. I think uh, I think that's you know absolutely a, a possibility. So I think a couple different game scripts that could play out. I I think the Jets are getting value in uh, in a lot of them. I mean, what what were the Patriots at home earlier in the in the year? Or what uh, what were the what, how much were they favored over the Jets? Weren't they favored by like wasn't it was it twenty? Do you remember? 
top of your head? Uh, I don't know. What was what was the week I have in my notes here? What week was that? Do you know? It was week three. I think you could go up to like 21 and a half or something like that. Um, let's see. I had it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that game. That's right. So, yeah, that game opened. The look at line was New England 13. That game opened 17 and a half. And then after the Monday night game opened 22 and a half. So, um, okay. and yeah, I think that got up to 23. And then that's where it took a lot of steam. I think I was on the Jets there and it went down, I think, before kickoff. I think it got to about 20 and a half. There's quite a bit of money there uh, against, uh, against the Patriots. Okay. And, and obviously the Jets ended up getting a crazy cover with a couple of defensive touchdowns. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not to say that that's likely to repeat itself here, but, I mean, I don't know. You're not going to get rich betting against the Patriots, obviously, with how successful they've been over the years. But it just seems like this is a lot of points if the Jets are a fairly decent team. Like, even week one, you're, you're going off small sample sizes, but with with Darnold back, they were beating the Bills 16 nothing and ended up, Losing seventeen sixteen and you know kind of a coin flippy game there against the five and one Bills that are right up there close to the same ballpark as the Patriots. So everything we've seen from Darnold so far has been pretty impressive this year in a small sample size. It just feels to me like if they played this game, if Darnold would have been playing the whole year, I feel like this game would be more in like the six and a half range. So to me, it just feels like you're getting. Getting a few points of value here, and not something I go crazy with, but it definitely feels like it's worthy of a, a sliver of a wager. So, all right, that'll do it. That's uh, every game on the Week Seven board. Uh, we didn't mention this earlier. I should usually do it at the beginning, but I go through and mention the buy teams in case you didn't hear a team you were waiting for. Uh, Browns, Steelers, Bucks, and Panthers are all on buy this week, so we're uh, we're at 14 games. So that that'll do it. Um, all right, let's jump in and and do our picks of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right, so we both came up short last week. I had the Titans in a super non-competitive loss, and you had the Jags, I believe, right? Rams. Oh, Rams. Okay, yeah, the Rams. So Rams didn't get there either, and was a almost similarly non-competitive game. So that was a tough week for both of us. Uh, that drops. Let's see. What was it? Do you have our records on hand? I think. Is it four and two for both of us? No, um, yeah, it's three and two. Right. Just... Three and yeah, three and two, three and two. Okay, three and two. So both are three and two. You keep the T box, and uh, where are you looking this week? Yeah, I guess uh, probably comes as no surprise. I kind of don't have a whole lot of feel for this uh, week's card. I think this is probably last week was my worst week I had of the season, and then I think this week's card is probably the card I've liked the least so far this season. So. Not the not the best or the most uh, confident stroke going into it, but uh, yeah, I, I think uh, we'll be able to find a little bit of something to release to the, release to everybody on the RomeSports.com for sure. But uh, definitely not, like I said, not a huge huge card for any any by any stretch that I love. But as for my pick of the week, I think I'm gonna go. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a little difficult. Got a little, got a little nitpicky, but I think I will go with that total on that Rams Atlanta over. That's what I like the most. I think uh, 54 and a half looks like it's pretty uh, widely available for the. Uh, the number right now. So yeah, let's go uh, over 54 and a half uh, Rams Atlanta over. You dirty dog. That's uh, that's kind of where I was going. Um, let's see. Yeah, boy, I really don't like this card at all. I don't like last week's a whole lot, and uh, kind of started to like it a little bit more as the week went on. So maybe that'll be the case here. But there's really, really not much this week for me. So 
I think I'm going to go, even though I think you might be able to get a better number later in the week, I think I'll go with the Giants laying three. It's one of those we talked about right away, obviously, and I didn't didn't totally love, but compared to everything else, I think I I feel almost the best about that. So I'll, uh, I'll take the Giants minus three, and you got the Rams Atlanta total over 54 and a half. All right. Uh, got any concluding thoughts here on the week seven pod, Crabber? Yeah, I think this, uh, like we just said, it's not a card that we love. So I think we got to be pretty selective here and maybe we'll watch the numbers. Maybe, yeah, the good thing is if we do get some line movement, then it should, uh, warrant some more opinions once uh, the lines do move since we don't really like a whole lot where it is now. If we get uh, some numbers that move off the key numbers, what have you, or like you said, the Giants game or any others, we can kind of maybe come in and make a play on it, but. Yeah, just kind of watch for those release plays, and hopefully we can get a couple winners here and get back on track uh, for our for our yearly record. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that that sounds good. Um, yeah, that'll do it for the the week seven of Roan Sports Pod. So, best of luck everybody this weekend and all your bets. And we'll be back next weekend to talk about week seven and then look forward to week eight. Thank you for listening to the Aron Sports Podcast. Check out AronSports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.